the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiaka bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiaka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiaka. Hello, dear friends, and welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show, where we share innovative thoughts and explore deepening truth in the support of the path to unity and enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be looking at shamanism and Kabbalah as evolutionary tools. Many of us are looking for the truth, yet, like everything during the lower frequency times, truth became a limited, polarized thing, is or isn't, true or false, black or white, with a vast, unaddressed gray area in between. Higher frequency, by its very nature, is starting to fill in the gaps between the polarities, changing the way we can conceive of truth. As we're confronted with embracing a more unified reality, it's proving very useful to compare divergent practices to find what they have in common. For in this commonality, a larger, more unified truth can emerge. Our guest this hour spent time studying two very divergent practices, shamanism and the Kabbalah. Daniel Moeller is the author of numerous books, including Shamanic Kabbalah, A Mystical Path to Uniting the Tree of Life and the Great Work. Daniel is an artist, educator, and esoteric consultant. Formerly an adjunct professor, he has extended his teaching, which includes professional training and independent academia, to other areas of life. Daniel is also a sanctioned teacher of Peruvian shamanism, trained in multiple spiritual disciplines. Daniel uses the art of shamanic healing to help others during times of transition and transformation. His website, danielmollerweb.com. Daniel, thanks for joining us on Mission Evolution. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. What's your formal educational background, Daniel? Well, uh, actually, liberal arts is where I had my start. Um, And I was an adjunct professor at Baker University in Kansas for quite some time. And I enjoyed it, but I really wanted to find another way to be able to reach people. And I, I liked liberal arts because it helped me have a wider point of view of all subject matters. So, um, yeah. What's an esoteric consultant? <laughs> well, I, I use the term esoteric consultant because there's a lot of people that call themselves spiritual healers and, um, and other, other sorts of titles. But I use that because I want to separate myself um, from people needing to always having to come to me for uh, life problems that are personal and more matters that are spiritual in nature. And so that can range from the personal to the transpersonal um, to people even coming to me in times of spiritual crisis. Um, not that I don't want to be someone who can assist others doing uh, during other times of need, but I'm not a trained psychologist, and I usually try to refer people elsewhere whenever they're needing personal life issues. But I keep my, I keep my bandwidth 
um, in the area of the esoterica because that's the area that I know that I um, can most better assist people with. Who was your shamanic teacher? Well, I've had a few, <laughs> but my primary teacher in the shamanic arts is Don Oscar Miro Quesada. Don Oscar Miro Quesada is a Kamaska Quirindero from Peru who uh, brought the wisdom of the of the Peruvian Andes and the Amazon to America to find a way to transcribe these ancient wisdom traditions and implement them into the modern world in such a way that we would understand it. It's one thing for us to travel to um, an indigenous culture and learn from them, but sometimes the concepts lose their meaning because of that gap in the cultures from the modern world to an indigenous mindset. So Don Oscar was tasked by his own teachers before they passed on to the other side to translate these ancient wisdom traditions to such a way that a blue jeans guy, <laughs> blue jeans wearing kind of guy like me from the Midwest can get and understand, but also to practice. So he started a tradition, which is really a synthesis of the traditions that he learned called the Pachacuti Mesa tradition that he brings out into the world. And I learned directly from him as well as from others in that particular tradition. But I've also learned from other shamanic paths as well. But that's the primary modality in which I practice. Yeah, Don's a lovely man. I think we've had the pleasure of having him on the show, and he does a good job of translating, you know, culture to culture, the same concepts, but different language. Yes, absolutely. And he's yeah. a lot of fun, too. <laughs> yeah, he's a kid. Yeah. Yep. So you're, you're a teacher in the shamanic lineage. Which lineage? So it is that lineage. Uh, Don Oscar uh, sanctioned me about, oh, I would say seven or eight years ago, I can't remember now, to be a teacher in the Pachacuti Mesa tradition. So uh, my wife is as well. So my wife and I both uh, teach apprenticeships in the Pachacuti Mesa tradition, which can last anywhere from about a year or so, depending on the, uh, the, how big the group is and uh, how long of a time that we feel like the apprenticeship needs to last. But the way it's designed is it's in a series of five consecutive weekends where we kind of mash all of that work um, <laughs> over a year's period of time together into those weekends. And then we give months apart after those weekends to give time for integration and for people to really settle in and understand the teachings. Because the majority of shamanic work is less about learning from one person didactic material and more about experiencing the world around you in a yeah, certain it's a lot, way. It's a lot to do with embodiment versus just uh, mentally learning the practice. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, many indigenous communities are concerned with modern world taking and using their practices. Uh, where do you stand on cultural appropriation? That's a very interesting concept. So I actually have been called out quite a few times um, for cultural appropriation. And I wrote an article about it um, that has many titles, depending on where it's been published. But it's all about using the word shaman. And whether or not even calling yourself a shamanic practitioner is cultural appropriation. And the way my teachers have described this to me is that shamanism is really multicultural. And it's even beyond being indigenous. Every human being is shamanic in nature because shamanism is really about just getting to that root of the connective source of the planet and the universe. And every religion really does this and at its root, um, at its foundation. And so it's really just eliminating the um, didactic material of any worldview, eliminating the priesthood, as it were, in a sense of uh, not creating any separation between yourself and the creative source of the universe. So that's where I usually come from in that. Um, at the same time, I have had uh, many connections in the Native American community, not only in North America, but in South America. And although there are some that, uh, you know, really like to um, uh, have a fervor over the uh, cultural appropriation that is happening, because there are some people that take advantage of these practices, but there are others that feel like that it is good for all of us to learn these ways. It is good for especially those of the modern world and the Western mindset to remember who we are as a connective humanity together. And yeah, so... Seems like our future depends on that, doesn't it? 
Exactly. And that that's why Don Oscar Miracosado was tasked with coming to the United States to teach Westerners these ways, because really, we need to turn some things around on this planet, the way we treat each other, the way we treat our Mother Earth. And one of the ways in which we can do that, there are many ways, but one of the ways we can do that is through shamanic practices that help us remember that we are all really one humanity on this planet, and this planet is our mother. Mm-hmm. You know, for those of us that don't know, what is the Kabbalah? Hmm. The Kabbalah is, some would say, an ancient Judaic mystery tradition, and it's a tradition of Judaism that really dives deep into the esoteric or mystic qualities of the Torah and other teachings um, of the Judaic path. Some people would say that Kabbalah um, is as ancient as Eden. Some have said that even Adam was given the teachings of the Kabbalah. Others have said that Moses was given the teachings of the Kabbalah along with the Torah um, on Mount Sinai. Um, And so it's had many uh, fractured uh, areas um, in terms of history as to who who's deciding how it's emerged, how how it's come to be, but ultimately Kabbalah, literally what Kabbalah means is to receive, and so it's a way of being able to explain man's relationship or the mortal world's relationship with God, and the big dichotomy about that is that the mortal world, man's world, is quite finite, whereas God is infinite in nature. So it's about bringing these two pieces together and understanding what it is about that relationship that makes us tick and makes us have this yearning of seeking something beyond what's currently in front of us right here and now. Where'd you learn about it? Well, funny enough, I, I, it's the, I talk about this in the introduction of my book, And I've always kind of known about it because I've been very into the Western mystery traditions, magic and the occult and other esoteric arts. And Kabbalah always comes up. But for me, it always felt like it was sort of the quantum physics of mysticism. (laughs) So I was always afraid to kind of dip my toe into it. Um, And I dived more into the shamanic path for many years. But it was uh, I actually noted as being Day of the Dead 2013. I had a friend of mine who is a. very into sacred architecture. Um, he's kind of a local Graham Hancock, I like to call him, because he knows all about the pyramids and Egyptology and what all that sacred architecture really means. And well, we're gonna we have to pick com- up on this we're gonna have to pick up on the sacred architecture on the other side of a commercial break. It is time for a short pause and Daniel and I will be after. Be back after the break. You're listening to Mission Evolution Radio Show. We're coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network www.xedbn.net Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, Join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www. 
exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. The new non-fiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howell expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. The views, opinions, and conclusions expressed in the following program are those of the host, guests, and or callers, and not those of Relmar McConnell Media Company, our corporate divisions or entities, the Exxon Broadcast Network, Simul Radio, Simul TV, our staff, management, advertisers, broadcast affiliates, and affiliated broadcast networks. This is Mission Evolution Radio, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. Remember, past episodes are available on our website, missionevolution.org. I'm your host, Wilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Daniel Moeller. His website, danielmoellerweb.com. Daniel, would you mind continuing with your discussion? We were talking about um, how you got interested in the Kubala. And, and, uh... Yes. So I had this friend of mine who is very into sacred architecture and he came to do a talk at my home at Day of the Dead 2013. When he came to talk, he did not get into sacred architecture. He did not get into Day of the Dead. <laughs> and he started talking about Kabbalah and consciousness. And I got, I got into talking to him about how I was afraid to get into it because it just seemed way too advanced. Traditionally, uh, in, in the Judaic history, one would not even begin learning the Kabbalah until they were at least 40 years old and they had a foundation in their life set, a house, many wives, so on and so forth. The whole idea being that you really need to have your stuff together and you really need to have a whole gamut of learning behind your back before you begin into that work. And my friend told me, don't worry about it. You know, what life is, is really just this massive buffet splayed out before us and the whole duty that we have as incarnated beings is to go out and taste a little bit of this and taste a little bit of that. So just dive in and give it a try. And he inspired me. So I went ahead and gathered all the information that I could on Kabbalah. And I went through a really a two and a half to three year long journey of my wife and I gathering a lodge of people together to engage in a pathworking in the Holy Kabbalah, which is really a, a strong ceremonial process that was a, on a weekly basis of real, shamanically diving into the teachings and journeys of the sacred Kabbalah and the tree of life and allowing that information to, to interact with our souls and grow. So what, is, what is the tree of life? The tree of life is the primary symbol set within Kabbalah. And what it is, is not just a symbol, but a composite symbol composed of a series of 10 spheres. These spheres are called sephirot, which really means emanations. And what they are, the various levels, the various emanations of the way God manifests in the universe. One through 10, through 10 series of these levels. And they're connected by 22 lines which are normally just called paths that 
represent the relationship between the connections of these 10 sephirot. And so 10 plus 22 equals 32, 32 paths of wisdom, which is what's talked about in the Sefer Yetzirah, the Jewish book of formations, as being the primary paths of wisdom one needs in order to concern themselves with God's creation in the world, so to speak. So the paths between the Sephirot to the Tree of Life are really kind of roadways if you want to see the tree of life as a map of the universe or a map of consciousness or even a map to god and you travel these roadways through the inner space of your own mind through the various symbol sets that were represented by these roadways these paths to travel to the destinations the to the sephirot to gain a deeper understanding and knowledge of what god is and what god really truly means so what inspired you to combine shamanism and the kabbalah well, as my wife and I began our studies into Kabbalah, we began to uncover a series of symbols and correlations with the shamanic traditions that we were used to. And I started looking deeper into this and realizing that, whoa, this is I'm kind of heading into Joseph Campbell territory here. And for those that may not know who Joseph Campbell is, Joseph Campbell is the mythologist who found a correlation between almost every religion and every mythology across the planet, uncovering the fact that really at their root, they're all kind of the same thing. They're all kind of telling the same story, but just in different ways and through different cultural contexts. Yeah, and the so, master of comparative mythology, right? Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. A Hero with a Thousand Faces was his primary work in which he communicated that. And that's what the Star Wars story is all about as well, for those that appreciate movies and joseph campbell had a big hand in creating that mythology of star wars um but i digress so when we got further into that seeing the deep correlations between kabbalah and these other religious paths but most importantly our own path which was shamanism and in specifically peruvian shamanism our minds were blown and really it makes a lot of sense because all Kabbalah is, is a way of interacting with God or with spirit in such a way that you are receiving information from the unseen realms in order to better yourself in this world. And that's exactly what shamanism is. That's exactly what a shaman does. They travel to an altered state of consciousness and they get receive information in order to bring back into this world to heal another person or to better themselves. So really, these are one and the same thing. That's fascinating. So shamanism and the Kabbalah are ancient forms. What relevance do they have today? How can they help us out of this mess? And the sense that they help us out today is that we all need to better ourselves. And there is a lot going on in the world, and people are throwing on the blame game. It's the Republicans versus the Democrats. It's this person versus that person. And when something's happening, we always want to point the finger. And we have to go back to, to paraphrase um, Mahatma Gandhi, is that we need to be the change that we want to see in the world. And what he meant by that truly is that the only way we can really change the world is not by pointing the finger or trying to push others to change is but to really change ourselves and this is in essence the goal of initiation in general and the goal the goal of initiation is that you change that lead inside of yourself into gold as it were alchemic alchemy <laughs> this is what the ancient alchemists always sought from the very beginning they weren't literally trying to turn lead into gold but it was a, a symbol really it was a metaphor for what we were trying to change inside of ourselves so we always have to start with ourselves and bettering our own mind bettering our own body bettering our own way in this world in order to make the world better do you see us as having an opportunity to evolve in a more unified state at this particular time Oh, absolutely. In fact, whenever I see uh, multiple instances of chaos cropping up, I always see those instances as opportunities for growth. This kind of relates back to the whole trickster ideology in Native American mythology. The trickster was there to kind of remind you to be in this world and to remind you what it was that you needed to work on by coming and razzing you or teasing you during a ceremony. And really pulling you out of this state of feeling like that you're separate from the world 
but that trickster brings you back in and helps you really sort of understand what it is that we need to work on. So again, it's really a compass, so to speak. Is truth or our concept of it um, also evolving at this time? Absolutely. I think that we get into sometimes a, a rut when we think that just because a tradition is ancient and just because a document is very old or a sacred text is very old, that it is the absolute truth. And I really feel I really fully believe that truth comes from evolution and that these ancient traditions are important. But truth comes from whenever we grow and evolve those traditions and we make them our own and make sure that they become more advanced, make sure that they become sharpened, as it were, over time, kind of like the way science has evolved over time. Science is not what it used to be 100 or 200, even 300 years ago. It's become better over time through people trying various things out, experimenting, finding out what really works. And I feel like that we're really at a very important moment in this day in humanity because of the Internet because of the way that we're able to connect with one another, we have all these traditions and cultures across the planet that can interact with each other, interconnect, and we can share information and wisdom. And so we're really being able to find now what works amongst all of our various ideas and building from there. You know, Daniel, what I've noticed working with different um, esoteric uh, traditions is that the truth within the tradition itself is ever deepening rather than us having to evolve beyond what's being offered. Have you experienced that? The truth of itself is ever deepening. Can you, can you explain that again? Mm -hmm. Within the traditions, I'll, I'll read a text from the Bible or from any number of places or do a shamanic study and how I conceive of the truth that it's offering at that time can then deepen without the truth or the words changing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I find that different than science. Yes, absolutely. Because science, of course, is based upon material evidence and it's based upon compartmentalization. And what's very uh, moving about the mysteries is that it's a lot like poetry. <laughs> the truth that we find in hearing a song or looking at a painting or even going outside and having the experience of, of being in nature, being around trees or mountains. Is that true? It becomes a truth that is more intuitive and not intuitive in the sense that whatever flight of fancy comes into their into our head happens to be the best idea, but really finding a deep connection of soul, because that's really why we are all here is not to necessarily um, jump into a spaceship and fly off into the stars. But as a humanity, we are a collective soul. We are the soul of Mother Earth growing and changing together. And well, we'll have to talk about the collective soul mm -hmm. after another short pause. Daniel and I will return to discussion on the other side of this break. So you stay right there. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xedbn.net. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. 
It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, www.missionevolution.org, bringing the latest tools and information to support the path to enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Daniel Moeller. His website, danielmoellerweb.com. Daniel, we were just getting into the collective soul. Would you please tell us what you mean by that? Yes, absolutely. Well, the concept of soul has always been a nebulous concept to begin with. <laughs> so trying to describe what soul is, is again, like I was saying before, akin to poetry <laughs> or trying to describe a painting. But I, I feel like we ha- each have our own personal soul, which is our area of expression in this incarnation. And collectively, we together are an organism. We literally came from Mother Earth. Even if you look at the science of biology, we literally grew out of this mother, this Gaia, who is a conscious being in and of herself. So we were really those extensions of that consciousness. And if we just remember that, and if we tap into that, we can tap into a collective space where we together can begin creating this world in a better way. And many people have talked about this all through the ages, various sages, Carl Jung, uh, the psychoanalyst of the uh, uh, early 20th, late 19th, early 20th century, um, talked about the collective unconscious, this space where all dreams come from. Uh, and and the, the Hindus talk about the Akasha, the Akashic record. It's this collective, um, invisible space uh, that we all tap into for to experience magic or to experience the mystical connection of God. Um, so I believe that the collective soul is something that exists, and I believe that it's something that every human being has the potential to access. So how can combining shamanism and the Kubala help evolution at this time? Well, I think that what makes shamanism unique is that it's really different for every single tradition that you experience, and it's different even within that. Shamanism is based upon family traditions being passed down. So it's likened in this case to, say, a Christmas tradition with your family. You learn how to decorate the tree a certain way from your parents. You learn how to prepare a certain meal a certain way to celebrate the holidays. But when you have your own family, you may do the same thing, but you may tweak it a little bit. So because of that, shamanism is ever evolving, and it's different within every subset uh, of culture that you interact with. Kabbalah on the other hand, is fairly refined. It's had its own re- evolution itself, but it has a strong context of academia about, behind it. Uh, many people that have worked the paths of the tree of life and have interacted with the Kabbalah in such a way that there is tons of documentation and symbol sets that have been empowered over time through people using them. A symbol really, if you go back to that concept of soul, is an idea that has a soul itself. And every time you interact and have a relationship with a symbol, you empower it and it grows over time. So Kabbalah holds a lot of power because of that via through the Hebrew letters, the letters of the Hebrew alphabet and other Kabbalistic correlations that are used by the Western mystery tradition, such as the Tarot um, and other various symbols. So do the symbols and the... um relate to like archetypes and uh, metaphors like is used in shamanism and other traditions? Absolutely. Um, Again, the goal is to tap into that collective cell, that collective soul, correct? And the way that we do that is we interact with symbols that give us an archetype that is an expression of that soul. So it's a basic idea that exists in almost every culture across the planet, indeed very in every mind across the planet, but it just expresses itself in different ways with a little bit of variation here and there. Um, But many times, a lot of those archetypes are very similar. To go back again to Carl Jung, this is why Carl Jung was able to take 
the the um, expressions of other people's dreams and to be able to find uh, similar correlations between the various symbols that would show up in, in, in a person's dream time. If you were dreaming about a house, that usually meant that you were dealing directly with your psyche and the various rooms in that house represented various parts of that psyche. And he found that that was a very common thread in almost all of his subjects. You know, one of the things that I see that's always kind of concerned me a little bit is when people first delve into shamanism, sometimes people have been into it for a long time. They take the archetypes, the metaphors as literal and start polarizing. Oh, there's a demon in this person, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Would you mind speaking to that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, in fact, what's interesting is I have an entire section in my book that talks about uh, literalism and not taking things too literally. Um, I think... Uh, a primary example of this is the idea of the masculine and feminine aspects of the universe. So we talk about ideas of God and goddess in many cultures. And if you look into Kabbalah, there is even the notion of God and goddess. Even though we think when we think Judaism, we think of one God. There are two expressions that are primarily masculine and feminine in nature. And the problem that people run into is that they literalize this. They think, oh, well, on the feminine side of this symbol set of the tree of life, this doesn't make any sense to me, these particular symbols, because they seem a little bit more too severe or a little too harsh. So why are we correlating that with women? We're not correlating that with women. That's the feminine aspect of the universe. You have to think about it as positive and negative. This is part of the hermetic principles, the law of polarity, that the universe is based, is built like a battery. And there's a reception piece and then there is a positive piece a piece that um, moves forward into that negative space so um, it's really uh, the aim of any symbol really is to destroy that symbol and get what's behind it to understand what's really behind the veil what is it really trying to say in the broader context because when we're speaking of god when we're speaking of the infinite infinite really all of these other notions of masculine and feminine or good or evil are fairly obsolete when it comes to that uh, great infinite source so if we start to apply the translations that we can get by uh, translating archetypes and and the symbols to the events of our daily lives do we start to then bridge into spirit i believe so and i think that comes through integration um so what i mean by that is is there are various symbols within the, this work, such as the sun and the moon and what is called the shadow um, in shamanic traditions. And the, uh, the, uh, the um, Kabbalists refer to it as Neshama, the individuality, Ruach, the personality, and Nefesh, which is the shadow. And so you have these three different levels of being. The personality is kind of the middle grade. The personality is who we are here and now. No, normally represented by the moon because the moon pulls and tugs on us. The, the, the moon rules our emotions. It, it, it maneuvers the tides of the planet. And so our personality is ruled by the moon lots of times in the phases and cycles of the moon. This is our base self. But then we have our shadow, which is more animalistic in nature. It's where our fears live. It's that repressed part of ourself that is always trying to act up. Um, to to let us know what's going on and what we're afraid of and what we may not want to be a part of. But then there's the individuality, which is represented by the sun, which is that piece that we look into that's that that higher compass, that that life giving essence. The sun brings us life. We would not have the life on this planet that we would without that sun. And it is the source of life of the entire solar system. And so the sun and moon are normally attributed to having masculine and feminine attributions, but it's really breaking through all that and understanding that just taking that individuality, that higher aspiration of what we want for our lives, that goal, that sun, and our current personality here, but also not ignoring our shadow, because if we ignore our shadow, it will act up and it will derail our success. We really need to bridge all three of these realms together. We need to unite them, integrate them, which was really the essence of the great work, which is part of the subtitle of my book. The great work is having full integration with oneself, to know oneself completely. 
And during times of higher frequency, less polarization, we have a better opportunity to do that than other times? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I believe that, um, you know, we are affected by the way that the universe moves. I'm not as um, well versed in astrology as um, I would like to be. Um, that's something that I am currently learning more and more of. Um, but it doesn't take a genius to know that we are affected not only by the moon, but the way that the planet moves within the solar system. And of course, we're affected by the sun and all of the planets that surround us. And there are various time periods, which there is a higher frequency than not that give provides an opening an opportunity. An example being um, is right within the title of the tradition that I practice, the shamanic tradition, the Pachakuti Mesa tradition. Pachakuti is a Andean Quechua word that means transformation or world reversal. That's the whole goal is to transform ourselves uh, through the shamanic arts, through this great work. And Pachakuti is also uh, the name of the age in which the Quechua say that we currently live. The Quechua are noted as being the descendants of the Inca that live in the Andes Mountains of Peru. And so we've gone through various ages, and right now we are in this time of world reversal, uh, this Pachacuti age, which can be very chaotic, but it also is a high-frequency time. It is a window of opportunity that allows us to see our own shadow, to be able to integrate it so we can move beyond and evolve to a better state of being. So a time there's more light to see by. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's all about the frequency and the light. And I, I think this is becoming more and more prevalent in all of our traditions, starting to look deeper and deeper into what they were based on, giving us more information. We're going to need to take another commercial break, but I'd really like to get more into the, um, um, the world in reversal on the other side. Daniel and I will be back shortly, so don't you dare go away. You're listening to Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xedbn.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simo TV. Simo TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at SimulTV.com. Do it today. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, Simultv.com, Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. 
SIMULTV.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a SIMULTV.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about SIMULTV.com. She even spelled it out for me. SIMULTV.com, Sonny Boy. SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com, Sonny Boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. The views, opinions, and conclusions expressed in the following program are those of the host, guests, and or callers, and not those of Relmar McConnell Media Company, our corporate divisions or entities, the Exxon Broadcast Network, Simul Radio, Simul TV, our staff, management, advertisers, broadcast affiliates, and affiliated broadcast networks. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, www.missionevolution.org, bringing the latest developments in an evolving world. I'm your host, Gwilda Uyaka. I always love suggestions from my listeners. Email me at info at missionevolution.org to propose a topic or a guest that's on your mind. I'm sure we'll all enjoy them. Our special guest this hour is Daniel Moeller. His website, danielmoeller.com. Dot com. Daniel, we were getting into something that fascinates me, and that's the world reversal. Could you explain what that is exactly? I've heard many explanations from, we've already changed the direction of the spin of the Earth, and I'm going, uh, that would not have been a subtle event. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, again, as we were talking about uh, literalism, uh, when Patrakuti is, that term is used, we, we aim to not take it literally <laughs> when we when we hope for a world reversal. Um, but at the same time, but we ask for a world reversal within each one of ourselves, that each one of us, is, our worlds get turned upside down, as it were, um, to shake things up to be able to see the areas of our life that we may not be living in alignment um, with the natural world and how we can better ourselves. The uh, Pachacuti, um, the word actually comes from the Quechua use of tilling the soil. Um, so the whole idea behind it is that through this great work, um, we are tilling that soil, bringing up that inert earth and m- m- mushing it, massaging it so that we can then plant seeds that will then be able to grow. You know, you refer to the mystery traditions and mystery schools. It sounds pretty mysterious. <laughs> what are these <laughs> mysteries? The mystery traditions are what I ascribe to the the schools that have always taught this great work, um, that have taught the um, Kabbalah, the Tarot, the shamanic traditions. Again, it's really all the, the same information that have existed throughout time, but have been kind of kept a secret. And a lot of that has been because of um, various establishments throughout history that have sought to oppress those various schools. But you can find traces of them all the way back to ancient Egypt. Some would say even Atlantis, if Atlantis, if you're a believer in Atlantis, um, you can see them in Greece. You can see them even in the various um, traditions of Christianity, Islam, and Judaism. Um, they're usually on the fringe. They're usually uh, groups of people that are teaching more of how to have a direct connection with the the powers of the universe, rather than having to go through um, a priest or um, a priestess. So um, really about you becoming your own priest or priestess, you about becoming your own mystic. But, you know, when we moved into the slower moving times, the lower frequency times, didn't they become mysteries because we simply didn't have the individual ability to connect as well? Um, That's true as well. And I think that had to do a lot with the just uh, where we were at in history. There wasn't a whole lot of access to this information. Um, You normally, uh, uh, really on a practical level, had to be well-versed in many of the various sciences and arts and and multiple languages in order to be a part of these schools. So there was a class structure there as well, and it prevented a lot of people from being able to have access to this information. Um, We are not there anymore. We, We live in a time frame where you know, a fellow that lives in the Ozarks inside of a trailer can connect to um, 
a shaman in Bolivia who's very high frequency and is very well adept in being a healer and um, a very enlightened individual. And they can share ideas and connect with one another. I mean, we live in a fascinating, fascinating time. That's for sure. It's a wild time, but it's pretty fascinating. I'm not bored. Are you? Oh, Lord, no. I, I don't think so. If if anybody can't see the wild roller coaster humanity is on right now, then I feel sorry for them. Yeah, yeah they're probably under the wheels. Um, so you, you've mentioned this several times. What do you mean by the great work? What's the great work? The great work is really that whole process of integrating um, those various parts of oneself into a unified whole. The the on the temple of Apollo in Greece was inscribed um, over the temple Nothisuton, which um, means to know thyself. And Yeshua in the Gospel of Thomas, um, the Christ, even talked about this. Um, to know oneself is, I'm totally paraphrasing here because I don't have it in front of me, um, but to know oneself is to be free and to um, to have salvation, but to not know oneself um, is is truly hell. You will you will die to not know who you fully are, and you so you're can basically take this, fighting against yourself in that condition. Yes. Well, absolutely. How many times do we um, are constantly derailing our own successes? Our own little habits and behaviors are getting in way of relationships, getting in the way of uh, career success, or whatever it is that you are desiring to seek in your life. We all have these struggles. It's it's no secret. Um, but the whole key to this is to not repress those parts of ourselves, to become aware of them and to not necessarily cut them away, but to find a way to integrate them. Because all these things inside of us um, that may be derailing our success, our fears, our insecurities are really symbols themselves. They're, they are they are signs within ourselves that are there actually to provide a teaching. And it's normally that our weaknesses um, will then become our greatest strengths. And that's what you learn through the great work. Um, that's what you learn through shamanic initiation um, or pathworking on the Kabbalah. Um, it's all that same result is to take those parts of yourself that you feel like may be your worst, but always end up becoming your greatest gift. Transmutation and integration at its finest, huh? Absolutely. That's mm -hmm. what it's all about. You say the path of the mystic is a calling. Would you go into that a little for us? Yeah, well, um, a lot of that's based upon my own personal experience, but uh, there are others that have talked about it, that there are just some individuals who are born weird, <laughs> who are just born uh, outside of the ilk of the rest of humanity and um, on the fringe, as it were. And I, I was one of those. I was different from anyone else um, in the small town that I grew up in, and I was often ostracized because of it. But Usually those individuals have this unknown draw, um, this uh, what uh, Colonel C.R.F. Seymour, um, who is a, a mystic, said, calls the divine discontent. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the ability to not feel like that you can settle for any path or any knowledge or piece of information that's just delivered to you, but to want more and to seek more. And the way that I see that as is that I want to have a relationship with the source of creation, whether you want to call it God or divine or Allah, whatever you want to ascribe the, the label to, it's just a symbol itself. But I want to have a relationship with it in the same way that I have a relationship with my wife or I have a relationship with my children. Um, I want it to be something that's dynamic and that constantly grows um, and to never, never settle for contentment, never settle for less in that regard. And when one engages in a relationship with the universe in that way, the Universe responds in kind. <laughs> How can we manage to lead a life in tune with the sacred during these times of chaos and upheaval? Mm. Well, the way I was taught and the way that I feel like has um, worked for me and my family and, and those in my community is a path of sacred reciprocity. In the Pachakuti Mesa tradition, we call this Aini sacred reciprocity and Aini is a way of, of giving offerings to the natural world of giving back giving gratitude whether it's creating a pago which is a sacred um, offering of payment um, that you learn in the shamanic traditions of peru or if it's a song if it's whatever you do and whatever you go to seek from the universe first and foremost you must always give back you must always give some kind of sign to the spirits or to the 
natural world itself to the universe that I want to have this relationship and I want to give as well as just receive and not just take. And when you do this, a language begins to form between you and the unseen realms. Um, whatever sacred reciprocity that you're giving back becomes that that song, that thread between you and the divine source that evolves in its own way, um, rather than just the predetermined way that you're normally taught in in apprenticeship. So uh, gratitude is the tr the great transmuter, isn't it? If you don't have gratitude, you don't have anything. Uh, mm. The hardest times I have ever had in my life, the only way I have ever gotten out of it at all is to fall down on my knees and even in my worst moments just scream, cry, or express gratitude in the universe that at least I am incarnated, I'm conscious, and I am having an experience. And if we can't feel that and express that and have that be a part of our soul's flow every single day, um, really we as a species become closed off. We, we're not open then to receive, which there again is that link to Kabbalah, to receive the divine light, to receive that information from the unseen. We're just about out of time, but it seems like it all boils down to that breath in, breath out, give and receive in balance in order to re-enter the circle of life. Oh, yeah. It's all about that natural rhythm. And the breath was the very first thing that ever came into creation. And it was the very first thing we ever did as soon as we were born, as we drew that breath. And it does come down to that. That is the source of all things. Well, Daniel, it's hard to believe, but we're already out of time. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Well, thank you very much. I had a great time. Yeah, I really enjoyed our conversation. Mm -hmm. Our guest this hour has been author of Shamanic Kabbalah, A Mystical Path to Uniting the Tree of Life and the Great Work, Daniel Moeller. His website, danielmoellerweb.com. Remember to join our email family to stay abreast of all the exciting new things we have coming up at missionevolution.org. This has been Mission Evolution Radio Show with Wilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Join us next time as the mission continues, bringing information, resources, and support to an evolving world. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simultv, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. 
Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.